DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Katy Perry, Snoop Dogg, Scott Mitchell, a cast of thousands. <laughs> it's time One to welcome in the former Ute quarterback. Stud right after another. That's huh? right, the former Ute quarterback, now radio analyst on Utah football games, and you hear him in Afternoon Drive, co-host of Unrivaled, right here on The Zone Sports Network, Scott Mitchell. Good morning. Good morning, it is. How are uh, you guys doing? Uh, good. Scott, I'm going to tell you one thing. In the video, if you haven't seen the video of this, Snoop Dogg wears an ice cream suit. If someone gets me that ice cream suit, I would wear that on TV. That ice cream <laughs> suit is outstanding. April Fool's Day, boom, me ice cream suit. It happens. It's go time. All right, let's set that aside. It's the Rose Bowl Eve. Can you believe it? Are are you still are you still pinching yourself? You're you oh from asphalt in the end zone to this. <laughs> so I was at Ohio State in 1986 uh, when Utah lost 64 to six, and to go from there to here, and and really in a relative short period of time is, is incredible, and to and to, to witness it, you know, to be a player and know how bad we were then, and how good they were, and what they meant to college football, and then. To yesterday, we did our show from Colorado Street in Los Robles, and that's right in the middle of the parade route for the Rose Parade. And you know, getting getting all these emails and getting your credentials and and being down here, and you you just get a real sense of how awesome this game is. I was uh, it was the first thought I had when Utah joined the Pac-12. It's like now they they can compete to go to a Rose Bowl. They're no longer one of these bowl buster teams that every once in a while has an undefeated season. And they, they can, anytime they want, anytime they're good enough, they can go to the Rose Bowl. And that is just a cool thing if you're a Utah fan. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm wondering, did you make your way to Bel Air last night? <laughs> I did. And and it was it was amazing. I, mean, I was at this event, and a, form, a former uh, U, U, Ute alumni who been very successful in his life had this event i mean the governor was there uh taylor randall the the president of the university of utah gail miller was there uh a lot of you know there were some some other players jamal anderson terrell burgess was was at the event and there's just so many people that are excited they were saying that they're going to have um they know they've sold at least over sixty thousand tickets to utah fans and the, and the rose bowl seats you know somewhere over 90,000. And so, I mean, two-thirds that are known, I mean, it could be more, two-thirds of the Rose Bowl will be Utah fans. And, and, and so it's, just, it's cool that all these people on all these different levels are, are excited about, about this. You know, I just, I, just, I, I hear about people driving uh, down here and, and the stories, and I'm, I'm in Long Beach. I mean, I'm kind of south of where everything is. And this hotel is full of uh, of Utah people that are going to be going to the game. I mean, it's kind of kind of an invasion of Utes here in Southern California. You know, the only thing that's sad about it being Ohio State, because obviously Ohio State brings a lot of cachet, so there's a lot of positives. But because of the colors, the red isn't going to pop the same way if they were playing <laughs> Iowa in black and gold or Michigan in blue or Michigan State in green. Then you would, you know, they'd have an aerial inevitably of the stadium. You'd be like, holy cow, look at that. And now the whole stadium is basically going to be the same color because it's Ohio State. But other than that... 
No, the optics are important too, uh, and and it, it's a good point it, because you, it's like which team are you for here? I think I think they have Utah fans in white, uh, so I, I think people are supposed to dress in white, which is weird because you really want to wear red. The the jerseys and and helmets are it's a white combination. Uh, it'll look it'll look nice. So so I guess we're going to white out the the Rose Bowl. You're a quarterback by trade, and we know that the receivers for Ohio State, the top are two of the top three. That uh, statistically, the top one is going to be there. They're out of the game, and I'm wondering for you: Do you think that it is receivers who make quarterbacks look good, or quarterbacks <laughs> who make receivers look good? Oh, he's biased. Come on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it's it's really receivers and quarterbacks are on the same page that look good and, and you can you can have one that's good and one that isn't and it, do, it doesn't really it really has to be uh, both of those players and quite frankly that's that's what's a little concerning to me about Ohio State you know I keep hearing this hey they've got talent you know next man up is a five-star recruit it doesn't it doesn't matter who's playing in the game and, and I don't know that I agree with that I mean this if you're a player, you haven't played all year, and all of a sudden you're going to go into the Rose Bowl, and you, and you haven't had that game experience. I'm not talking about, well, they've had a month to practice. I'm talking about being in a game, game speed, in a big game where all your emotions are on display and go, okay, go execute at a, a high level. I'm not saying these guys can't make plays, but I, I'd just be surprised if they could consistently – Uh, be effective you know I I guarantee you early on in the game they're going to have nerves Uh, CJ Stroud's used to these receivers breaking and running a certain way and and he's used to that in a game Uh, so so I I just think it's it's hard I'm not saying it's impossible but it's hard for for young players inexperienced players to just step right in and go okay we're we're going to be you know we're going to execute at a high level it's hard and I think to back that up, any of us who've ever watched a Pro Bowl, obviously everybody there is wildly talented, but you don't have that familiarity. You don't have that crispness. That's why when you're Troy Aikman and you go and Michael Irvin becomes the MVP because he's the only guy you throw the ball to. He's the only one you feel comfortable with. So, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. They do have a 1,000-yard rusher, though, too. How much do you think with these receivers being out, as you just said, and the unfamiliarity of the newcomers who need to step out, step up, do you think that they might rely more on the ground game? I mean, I, I think that Ohio State has the confidence or maybe arrogance or whatever you want to call it to say, this is who we are and this is what we do. So they're 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 going to try to be fairly balanced. I don't I don't think they're going to do more or less of something. I think they're going to try to just be explosive, and they're definitely going to going to try to run the football because it's something something that they do. Uh, Utah has really shored up its uh, front seven. Uh, that that was kind of a, a challenge early on in the year, but those guys are really understanding how they fit in that defense, and they're all playing playing together both both really in the in their run uh, responsibilities and in their pass um, rush I don't think people talk enough about and it's not the guys on the edge it's not Mika Tafuka or Van Fillinger but it's it's Junior Tafuna it's Haoti Pututau in the middle 
that are getting this really good push, which, you know, so, so Utah has become pretty stout up front, like handling run games and pass rush. That's not the problem. I'm not worried about Ohio State running. I'm worried about Utah's ability to cover in the secondary because it's still, it's depleted. I mean, it, it's not it. Uh, it's it's kind of scary. It, in fact, I, I they're they're going to have to do something unique uh, just to just to figure out how to cover the second and third teamers from Ohio State. Uh, there's a, there's been a lot of injuries, and and Morgan Scally likes to do a lot of man. Well, he doesn't. I don't want to say he likes to do a lot. He likes to show a lot of different looks. Like they'll go zone coverage, man coverage. They'll show like they're going to be in man and then go to zone. And when you have inexperienced guys, making those adjustments uh, is tricky. And, and you saw it at times in games where there were these blown assignments and, and it's because you got these inexperienced players in. So he may have to just dial it back and go pretty vanilla uh, in, his, in his coverages just to, uh, just, you know, just to hopefully get, you know, not give up big plays. So, Scott, as a former quarterback, obviously we're talking to you about receivers, but the left tackle, the blindside tackle, obviously you're a left-handed quarterback, then the right tackle would be your blindside. But in this case, uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer opts out. Thayer Munford, who is the left guard, moves back to left tackle where he'd been for three years. What level of confidence do you have when the O-line is shuffling like that? I mean, this is a guy who, unlike the receivers, has played a lot of snaps at that position. Yeah, most most guys on uh, most offensive lines. If you if you lose one guy, uh, there's like like you said, there's typically someone that kind of fills in, or you know, uh, I'm not as concerned uh, about that. Um, although I, I I think it you know when you get a guy that hasn't been playing in that position recently, it might take some time for him to get get back into a comfort level. And that could be an advantage uh, for for someone like Mika Tafua on the edge rushing, uh, but but those, those those offensive lines they they're, they tend to be pretty versatile and and you're always going to have six or seven guys anyways that you know basically are plug and play and probably play uh, they you know that's not unusual so so that that's not the the, the biggest challenge to me I'm, I'm not overly concerned with that. Did you ever have a game in a moment before the game you just looked around and said, wow, because I'm wondering how wide-eyed the Utes might be in this situation? Yeah, I mean, I got nervous before every game. I always said, wow, before every game. I mean, really, it's 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 a weird thing to, to go out in front of 70,000, 80,000 people in, that are live, right? But then there's also – millions watching on television. I mean, the, the number of people that will be watching this game across the country, they're, they're, they're home, they're on vacation. It's part of the tradition of the end of college football, the bowl season. It's the Rose Bowl. And, and you could really kind of freak yourself out about how many people are watching you. But most, most football players are narcissistic. Like, they love the attention. Like so, it's kind of like I, I, there's not enough people watching me, and so you have that nervousness. But um, at least for me, and I, I know a lot of like I I was comfortable in that environment. I was comfortable. The worst part sitting in a hotel, right? 
or in the locker room. But once you walk out onto that field, once you get into that stadium, once you put on your your uniform, once you go out and you go through through your warm ups, and like by the time the game gets there, you, you're like, "Where's a brick wall?" And I'll run through it. And and after I've run through it, put it up again, and I'll run back through it. I mean, you're just so ready ready to play. Uh, you know that nervousness just just kind of go it just kind of goes away. I've been reading the Columbus Dispatch to kind of learn stuff about Ohio State that we don't get watching from the other side of the country occasionally. And they have a note this week that Cade Stover, a tight end, is moving to linebacker because uh, they've had injuries on defense. And I couldn't tell you anything about Cade Stover, but I'm curious if you knew. You had a, a linebacker who'd switched from tight end, who's been a linebacker before. They moved him back and forth. So it's not like he's never played linebacker, but he hasn't been playing linebacker. And they're describing this as a one-week move. Obviously, you can run the ball at him, but what would you try to do to him in pass coverage as well? Oh, I'd, I'd wear him out both. I mean, I'd wear him out running the football. I'd wear him out in, in pass coverage. Uh, I mean, the, the strength of this Utah passing game is the tight ends. And and those linebackers over the middle of the field. I mean, I mean Utah. Real, you, you have to test him for sure. I mean, you have to see where where this guy is, and it, it's certainly one of those early matchups in this game. And I, I think I think the matchup really in this game period is motivation. I really do. I mean, I I, th- I think I, you just you, you know you see a move like this. You see a lot of these guys from Ohio State opt out of this game. And you just go, how motivated are they? I don't, I don't know what that answer is. I don't know if these young guys are just like, man, I finally got my chance. I'm going to blow it out in the Rose Bowl. Or if Ohio State is just on a, on a hangover from losing to their rival, one, losing uh, out on the college football playoffs, two, and, and just having to play Utah in the Rose You know, it's like one thing to go to the Rose Bowl, but now you got to play Utah. And, and, and they don't look at Utah as like, that's a great consolation. They want to rematch with Oregon, or they want to play USC. You know, they want they want that name. I mean, just like Utah goes, we don't want to play Iowa. We don't want to play uh, Wisconsin or Penn State, and you know, maybe Penn State. But we we want the crown jewel of the Big Ten to play. And and you have Utah on the other side of it that's just going like we've had this unbelievable season emotionally. We've lost our teammates. We've started out slow we've we finally got here we beat Oregon twice and then and so who's more motivated when it really when it really steps you know when the game starts and is it is a tight end move the linebacker as motivated as Devin Lloyd who's already a linebacker or Brant Keithy who's already a tight end you know I, I I just really believe motivation throw everything out the window that to me is what this game is all about how much pride do you think there is for former Utes of the last 20, 30 years? You're not there. You didn't do it. But you're part of the program to help it get to this point. So it sucked when I was at Utah, PK. Really. Like, we were we were terrible. And I'd, I'd never been like that in my life. I'd never been on a, you know, I, I growing up, we always won. Uh, I thought of myself as someone who was a winner. And we, we didn't win at Utah, and it was hard. It was really hard, and it was really hard for me because, you know, I opted to not go to BYU, who was the one that won all the time. And and so to go and, and fight just to be 500 every season, never go to a bowl game, 
never get a conference championship. Uh, it was like, look, I set all these records at Utah because we we had to throw the ball all the time. We had to score all the time just to have a chance to to win. And and so it was it was. And my time at Utah was the best time. I'm not saying it was bad because it wasn't. It was one of the greatest times in my life. It's something that I'll cherish and appreciate forever. Uh, I found a lot about who I am as a person when I was there, but. But as far as football goes, it was those were some really lean years, and and to see where the program is today, because that's what I believed it could be when I went there, and that's what I went there for was to be a person to change it, and and you know, I didn't change anything. I don't, you know, I don't. I, I was just there a long time ago, and I mean, they don't even. It was the whack. <laughs> like they don't even they don't even acknowledge that that Utah was even in the whack. I mean. Everyone talks about when Utah was in the Mountain West. That's when Utah football started. And then and now they're in the Pac-12. So I was way, way far away. But I'm going to tell you, it means everything to someone like me who who saw how lean it was and saw how bad it was and just to see what it's become. And, and I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of guys that played in my era and, and before me and guys even after uh, I mean Jamal Anderson. Well, I was, you know, I was with, at this event with him last night, and you know, feels the same way. He's just like, this is this is the coolest thing in the world that our, you know, our school is in the Rose Bowl. Scott Mitchell joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. You hear him on the radio on you broadcast. You hear him in Afternoon Drive here on The Zone Sports Network. Has this helped you connect with any guys you haven't seen in a long time? Are there that many youths running around down there, even if you're down in Long Beach? You know, you know, you connect to, like, anyone. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, it's like I've, I've run into so many Utah fans. Uh, everywhere I've been, I mean, uh, you know, whether, uh, you know, I, was, I went to Magic Mountain, I was at dinner, and uh, the guy who uh, was our host at dinner uh, wasn't a Utah fan, but uh, he's like, man, I love Keith, you know Andrew Bogut and Keith Van Horn, and 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 all, you know, and he just he says, you know, just he was a fan, and so I just get a, it's been fun to just run into everyone, and and they're all as excited as I am. Or more, maybe more, and I don't know if you could be more excited than I am because I'm. I'm telling you, I know, I know that I'm. What's great about you know being the the broadcast uh, color analyst for you? I get to be a homer. Like they they ask me to be a homer, so so I get to actually be a fan and and call the game, and that's that's just really cool. But it's it's just fun to see so many people, so many people excited, and and I. I really believe Utah's going to win this game. I really do. I, I, I don't just say it from a from just a hopeful, optimistic fan. I just I just think Utah that motivation is so much higher for for Utah. But it's just cool. It's just so cool to be here and see so many people uh, at this event. You know, this isn't this isn't the Holiday Bowl. It's not the Las Vegas. But it's the Rose Bowl, and that means something. Scott, we'll leave it right there. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the day. We'll hear you this afternoon and enjoy calling the game. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Scott Mitchell, former Ute quarterback, now the Ute analyst on the radio broadcast and afternoon drive right here with Unrivaled with Alex Curie every afternoon on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's the Rose Bowl, PK. 
Yeah, I'm right there with Scott. <laughs> I know. I know <laughs> you are. He's the Rose Bowl, man. I just, come on. Uh, it's the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and screw anybody else who doesn't think that it's a big deal. It's the Rose Bowl. It's it, It's tradition, man. Tradition matters. Tradition is there for a reason. You know, it's built up over a good period of time. It stood the test of time. And I want to hold on to it. And even if it doesn't mean as much, all right, I get it. You know, these two games today with Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati, I I get all that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, But I'm not willing to let go. And maybe I'm a dinosaur. (laughs) But I'm still not willing to let go that this means something big. And it's a huge accomplishment. And I'm, that's the way I feel. And when they, and I had been saying for weeks, you can go back on my Twitter, I tweeted weeks ago a picture of the Rose Bowl because I felt they were the best team. And the, I, I think one of the essences of coaching is not necessarily to win the game, although that's where you're judged by. It's to get the most out of whatever talent level you have. And that will lead to wins. And I think that's what this coaching staff has done this year. And there's something to be said for that. And you you squeezed out whatever talent you had. And now you got an opportunity to really punctuate it and beat Ohio State. It's Ohio State. And I agree with what Scott said. You, I wanted Ohio State. Even though I knew getting Ohio State would mean they would lose against Michigan, I still wanted Ohio State. Because I thought that's the biggest name that the Big Ten has to offer. And we're talking about tradition, so it isn't just about this very season with Ohio State. It is about years and years and years. And did you know they have 51 guys active in the NFL, which is second only to Alabama, which doesn't surprise you. But nine of those 51 are captains on their teams in the NFL. Okay, that's a little surprising. Yeah. That's a nugget from their media guide, their postseason media guide, which I have devoured. (laughs) You devoured it. You know, back to your point about coaching and get the most out of the players you have. Now, during recruiting season and during transfer portal time, get the best players. But once the season kicks off, get the most out of the players you have. And we know, because we've watched them forever, and we've heard them talk forever, and the fans have watched them forever, and they've heard them talk forever, Kyle's got a very specific way that he wants to win football games. The best way to win the most games. Run the ball, be physically dominant, take your shots and make big plays when you have a chance, and don't turn the ball over. And now he's in this historic game, it's the 100th Rose Bowl, and he's got a team that's vulnerable to that style. Now, they've still got a tremendous amount of talent. And talent certainly wins a lot of games. But when they've been taken down, they've been taken down by the style of ball that Kyle believes in. So when you make your picks, remember that, embrace I've that. I've made my pick, and I am going to hoist Kyle on my shoulders in 33 and a half hours. Book it. With the help of about 10 other people. No, I've been practicing squats all week. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes as they prepare for the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Keep it locked on The Zone all week long as The Zone gets you ready for the biggest game in Utah football history. As Kyle Whittingham and the Utes square off against Ohio State. Get live up.
to the second coverage with Patrick Kinahan, Alex Keery, and Scott Mitchell. Live from Pasadena, your home for the best Rose Bowl coverage in Utah is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to get you up to date on everything you missed because it's a holiday for a lot of you and you slept in and you're slacking today and we're jealous of you, comma, again. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call or visit leesheatac.com now to schedule free in-home estimate or free second opinion. A lot of Rose Bowl talk this morning. Just had Scott, Scott Mitchell on. We actually had David Locke on. Talked about tonight's jazz game, tomorrow night's jazz game. But talked a little bit of Rose Bowl with him. And he said as great as the Rose Bowl is, the fact that Kyle's had nine win seasons or more in six of the last seven years, also remarkable, making the move to the Pac-12. There's a lot of, a lot of disadvantages, a lot of ground to be covered and all that. But PK, the one thing that Utah has been able to cash in on and will continue to cash in on going forward is, like Ohio State in the Big Ten, not competing in an NFL market. Now, Ohio State's two hours from the Bengals and two hours from the Browns, but Columbus is the same size as the Salt Lake City market, and they got it all of themselves. And the Utes are competing against teams that are playing in the shadows of uh, the, the Niners and the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Broncos and two teams moving into L.A. So they do have that advantage going forward as they try to replicate this experience. For sure, yeah. I mean, I don't know that they could be at Ohio State's level. But they don't have to be at Ohio State's level historically to have a really good program. This is a top two or three program on the other side there, and that's going to be hard to achieve. Uh, yeah, I mean, it may be the same media market, but you just said two hours to the north, two hours to the yep. south. Across the border is Pennsylvania, and we don't, we don't have that. Right. We go for hours and hours. <laughs> before but there's no people other. either. <laughs> they got people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cranking out, uh, they're like right behind Ohio State, or excuse me, right behind uh, your Arizona State Sun Devils, and UCF is, you know, one of the biggest schools, just cranking out alumni. Yeah, and I hate every one of them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the youths who are taking 60 grand to the Rose Bowl. And Scott Mitchell just had the story of uh, Jamal Anderson, the governor, Gail Miller. He went to a star studded Bel Air party. Yeah, he told me about that yesterday, that he was invited to a party in Bel Air. And fortunately, I went because I was hired as one of the servers, so I was able to observe it. <laughs> You're just walking around to the governor. Another shrimp? <laughs> yeah, that would be the only sir? way. More cheese? That's the only way I would get into something like that. <laughs> Soiree. Yeah, that's, that's the only way I'm getting an invite there. And he got an invite as a distinguished alum. I got an invite as an undistinguished bum. Oh, that rhymed. Nice job. I know. I just made that up as I was going. David Locke also talked about the Jazz playing the Wolves tonight. And there will be no Mike Conley. He's sitting this game out. He's resting back-to-back. He's played some back-to-backs this year, but he's not playing this one. He will sit tonight and then expect to see him tomorrow as the Jazz play the Warriors. Joe Ingles is questionable with a lower back injury. Donovan Mitchell is not on the injury report. He's missed two games with a back strain. They didn't put him on the airplane, but he's back home and expect to see him in the lineup tonight, judging by what we've heard so far. And... uh, a big weekend for the Jazz. Wolves and Warriors at home. The road, they've got that down cold. Eight straight wins. Home, not so much. 
Well, I don't care about anything. I'm just going to, after this, we get done here, I'm going to get out the schedule, and I'm going to circle game 70, because when we get to game 70... No excuses. I'm putting 100% of stock. They better win game 70. That's all I got to say. David Locke came on and talked about uh, they've been riding the the win streak or the lows of the back-to-back losses, and they've been able to ride through all of this, and nothing's bugged them because the mantra, and it's been drilled into them year after year, got to be playing your best basketball at Game 70. Everything is about getting better. So at Game 70, ready to go. I'm so ready excited for Game 70. Ready to answer the bell. <laughs> game 70 has never meant more to me than it will this year. L.A. Clippers, Friday, March 18th. You'll be in the middle of March Madness. Be heating up. Did you just count it up? I counted back from the end. I didn't count to 70. Checked out the last 12 games. I got you. I can do the math. I can't always, but in this case, I did. Yeah, Yach knows about me doing math live on the radio. There have been some major mistakes. Well, in that situation, I would count to two. Then I've got a round number I can work with with 10. (laughs) Nice. It's all about breaking it down. Yeah. Uh, In the NBA, the stories, Ricky Rubio, torn ACL. They're trying to trade for the Lakers. uh, Rajon Rondo, the Lakers going nowhere. Two games under five hundred, And apparently with with no path out, because LeBron's going for 37, and the magic is not happening. The latest on that is from Woj this morning. The Cavaliers have agreed to trade Denzel Valentine to the Lakers to acquire Rondo. The Lakers are expected to waive Valentine's partially guaranteed deal and create an open roster spot as a result. Well, if I were Cleveland, I would have tried to go for LeBron rather than Rondo. Bring LeBron home. Put I think him he's on a, a much better team. player than Rondo. Good Maybe call. Just Thanks. Me. <laughs> I do think the Lakers have a way out, and that's health of Anthony Davis. That'll get him back? They'll be ready to go? I don't know that it will, but I think it's a way. Well, it's their best hope. Will there's a way. There, it's their best hope. There's no no doubt about that. As I, I had gotten on the phone with uh, some Laker people, and they're aiming for game 67. <laughs> Not 70? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, multiple uh, tweets this morning. Kirk Cousins tested positive for COVID, so he's out. He won't play in the Vikings game against the Packers this week. Hmm. Bummer. Gift wrapping that top spot for the Packers, who probably would have gotten it anyway, but that does appear to make the road uh, a little uh, a little easier. And Jordan loves the quarterback on another division winning team. He just keeps racking them up. He does have a knack for that. <laughs> Back to the <laughs> NFC title game. Yeah, that's all he knows. It is all he knows. You're right. <laughs> How about the Utah State getting a commit from the Wyoming quarterback? Do they have the best quarterback room ever? (laughs) Nice. No, Ohio State did, remember? I meant their best quarterback room. Oh, have the Aggies ever been deeper at quarterback? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't mean literally the best. I meant the Aggie best. Well, we'd have to compare it with this past season, right? Because they had three quarterbacks win games. I mean, Bonner did start the bowl game. He did. And he also started and had a significant factor in, in the Air, Air Force, Force win. So I don't know that I could say those guys won it. Uh, certainly, I mean, they contributed. 
But and I don't think that, and I think that's a dumb stat anyway. Uh, it's almost as dumb. Now, starting pitching records might be. It's approaching dumb now. Yeah, it they, is. When they yank guys after so the many, minimum. Yeah, after five innings, you're like, you're not winning yeah. games. Well, you're pulling me after the fifth inning. So <laughs> there's four yeah. minutes stuff to happen, for stuff to happen, and I can't control that because you pulled me. Right. Which, to be to fair, the- nobody in baseball is really judging guys by wins and losses. They've got a million other numbers to judge them by. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean nearly as much as it used to. No. I, I, was, I forget what I was doing listening. Oh, it was like uh, this day in sports history the other day I had on some show. And it was uh, must have been Steve Carlton's birthday. And he had some yeah. phenomenal season with the uh, Phillies. He won 27 games and they won and like t- 59 or something ridiculous. Yeah, they were terrible. And he completed 30 games. That's a career. That's not even – guys don't even cre- complete 30 games in their career now. And that particular season, I think there was something like that. I may be off by a number or two. But it's some, some number. And that, Wow, man, that, that has just changed so dramatically uh, to where it used to be. So I, I think that the football judging quarterbacks as if it were a starting pitcher – I have a little bit of time, a little bit of a problem with. Well, that. it can't be judged like that. The pitcher has way more control than a quarterback has. Uh, but if you don't win as a starting quarterback, then they will get on you. Uh, if you do I win, can see that. Yeah, if you do win, I mean, how many guys really hold on to jobs without going to the playoffs? You know, there's every year there's 32 guys well, right, with starting quarterbacks. Right, because they're not good enough. Right, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL every year. But the truth is there isn't much difference between 20 and 40. A lot of those jobs get passed back and forth. And right now, statistically, Roethlisberger is right in the middle of starting quarterbacks. But because he's older, he's more expensive, and he's trending in the wrong direction, there's a decent chance he's going to be retired now to the NFL. But if he wanted to play next year... If he wanted to play for five to seven, eight million bucks, he could absolutely be one of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But when you've been a Super Bowl winner, you're not supposed to hang on like that. But getting back to the Utah State, I was surprised that he would go where there's competition to that degree. I agree. I agree. Go to a job that's open, San Diego State. Or, yeah, you just have a better chance to compete. Or... I mean, he's he's got to compete for the backup job, let alone the starter. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. It's sort of surprising, but hey, I actually, and that's rare. But you like it to competition, right? But you like it. Yeah, he's got. I mean, I don't like it from Wyoming's sake. No, it kind of sucks for them. Uh, but I like for someone who's going to go in. You, you know, these Utah kids. Yeah, I'll, don't recruit anybody for seven years, and I'll come. A couple of them, and then they got a little competition, and they bail uh, before the thing is their first season is even finished. Like, wh- wh- come on, man, where are you going to go? That's going to have nobody there, and it, it, do you really want that? Is that going to bring out the best in you? But that's what we see. DJ PK at ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone coming up next. Your feedback, a lot of you weighing in with your predictions for the Rose Bowl, and we will get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This week's Raider game against the Colts is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Before we get to this stuff, man, we're going to have a winner here. 
There's still time to get on kslsports.com, enter. Yes. And win. Sure, because nobody sent me the winner. Tickets and I think 300 bucks uh, to get down here. That's a great opportunity. And it'll be so fun because it would be a surprise and you weren't expecting it. KSL Sports, kslsports.com. Get on there and freaking enter to win. And tell them PK sent you. It won't get you, but just tell them anyway. Morgan Saxton, Channel 2 uh, morning reporter, is driving down and documenting the Friday Pasadena Rose Bowl drive. And it looks miserable, PK. 30 miles an hour through Sanaquin, uh, leaving Beaver. There's one stripe of asphalt down the middle of the road that's Oh, so it's weather you're talking about. Yeah, multiple slide-offs. They're only doing 40 or 50. Uh, People have sped by them, and then they've seen them in the snow off the side. You know, it's great, and then all of a sudden you hit a slushy patch. So even though you're on good pavement, you don't know if there's slush 100 yards in front of you you're about to hit. I got to get some sunscreen for today. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you getting down there early and getting ahead of the weather? Good plan by you. The sun is out. It's I'm looking to the east right now. I can see clouds out in the distance, and it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And there it is. Do we have a drum roll? Do we have a timpani? Do we have something dramatic? This is for the Rose Bowl. This is Pasadena, Ohio State, January 1st. This game is so important that after they call a national semifinal tonight in the Orange Bowl, Chris Fallon and Kirk Herbstreit are hopping on a private jet and flying to Pasadena to call tomorrow's game. And you are going to be there if you enter the contest. And if. Your name is... Parker Daniels from Sandy. You're going to the Rose Bowl. Wow. Cool for Parker Daniels. Nice. Pasadena, baby. Sing it. All right, it's time for your feedback now. The poll question is up. Who is going to win the Rose Bowl? And the people believe. They believe that the Utes are going to prevail, and they believe in a massive numbers, although the voting continues right now. But right now, 70% of the votes, with over 500 votes cast, 70% for the Utes, 30% for the Buckeyes. Good. Why not? Go with that. We have this tweet from former Utah quarterback Jordan Wynn. The amount of gratitude I have to be on this trip is at an all-time high. Flight canceled. Car crash. And thanks to great friends, I'm still making it! With four exclamation points. L-F-G Utes! Six exclamation points. Three roses. Where'd you get that? Jordan Wynn on Twitter. Tweeted that out. Oh, just, okay, he didn't send it to you. Just, no, he didn't. He actually sent it to Josh Newman at the trip. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Josh has done stories with uh, Ute fans traveling, making the trip and all that, and Josh tweeted out, let's do a welfare check. I know flights have been canceled. Travel and logistics have been tough, so Ute fans, seriously, dot, 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 how we doing? And Jordan <laughs> tweeted that back about the flight canceled and the car crash. Uh, and he was asked by someone here, uh, are you okay, Jordan? He says, I'm fine. My car, dot, 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 not so much. So, 
That's the Jordan Wynn adventure. Gotcha. Well, we got people weighing in with all kinds of predictions. Uh, there are people who expect uh, absolute blowouts, and those scores go both ways. Jim thinks Ohio State's going to win 35-10. to 10. We've only held three or four teams down to that number this year. Michigan State would be the good team they did that to. Uh, they did it to some completely overmatched teams in Akron and Indiana. But then we got Jason saying Utah 52, Ohio State 21. It'll not be close. They're playing for a purpose. Generates a lot of emotion, and this is a game about emotion, so you bring that emotion and energy, and you got a shot. Okay, yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, we've got a lot of people picking big Buckeye wins here. Ohio State 34-17, according to Corey. Ohio State 32-10, to according to Denny. I hope not. That seems like too low-scoring a game. Don't you think there are going to be a lot of points in this game? Uh, you never know, man. I never know. I can't say that. Yeah, I can get your theory, but to have any level of degree of certainty, I, I, I just can't do it. I mean, who would have thought that Utah smoked Oregon twice? I didn't. I didn't. Nope. I thought they were going to win the second time, but there's no way I thought it'd be an instant replay that they'd just punch them in the mouth early and treat them the same way they did at home in the first game, and yet that's exactly how it played out. Right. It was just like an instant replay, and there's no chance I thought there was going to be a repeat performance. It can't be an instant replay if it's separated by 13 days. See, the word instant has to factor in. We always hear that. You know, we'll have the instant replay coming up after the commercial. It just doesn't work. DJ PK. Coming up next, Jake and Ben. PK, go enjoy the sun and the beach. We'll probably hear you this afternoon right here on the station. Yeah, man, I am good. Stay with me. Pre-game show tomorrow at 1 o'clock with PK. Two hours leading up to the game, kicking off at 3 o'clock. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.